Welcome, everybody, to Stirring the Pot, Episode 4. Now, we do all apologize for our third episode not being out on time. It was shaky, but we're going to get it figured out, and we are probably, it will be out at the same time as this one, hopefully. Another thing to mention, we are, are feeling kind of down. It is that time of the year where everyone's getting sick, so please be safe when you go outside. So, this week, in our episode, our first thing, of course, is our recap of college football last week. And, oh my lord, was it a great week. Especially if you're a Mountaineer fan. The climb, the climb is back. Golf claps. Gotta love it. The climb is back. What a game, though. If you're West Virginia, you know you needed an upset win. Oh my god, Herb Street. He was not on my good side. I was I was watching game day and I saw that and I'm like, oh my god. I I think the best news of all is that Garrett Green is back and he was he was coming out swinging with that rush game. It's it's been it, you, it was great. Did you see the one thing on the broadcast where he's trash talking the two TCU Dude, players? That was that was amazing. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> That's my quarterback. Want to run through a brick wall? And oh I, my god! I'm actually happy the rest didn't flag him on that. That's football. I know. It's, it's all talk. Oh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah, big, he, big 12 ball is something else. He backed it up, and it was a tight win, but the thing that everyone wants to talk about in that game is the defense. It's a revival defense, one of the worst in the league last year, turning into one of the most explosive and best to watch. I mean, the second half defense was incredible. Absolutely. Considering a top, tw- or p- top potentially top two, three uh, big 12 quarterback with TCU, you just stopped him. Overall, like everybody's like, oh, this quarterback is going to throw, dime you, destroy you. That didn't happen. I think we were talking about it earlier before we recorded it. Like, what was it? Like one net yard in the third quarter? Yeah, it was one net yard. And they upped it. Like their, their average was 0.1, but they rounded up to get them to 0.1 yards per play. You don't, you don't hear about that all the time. I'll tell you that right now. It was incredible, and Brock Osweiler loved every second of it. <laughs> he was in he was in the booth, and he was he was behind the climb. I noticed that when I was watching, I'm like, is that really Brock Osweiler in the booth? I was like so confused. I didn't know he's uh, calling games now, but that was something pretty interesting. That's for sure. But we do have to move on because I forgot to do intros, and we have a special guest here today. Hey, clap yes, it up, sir. clap it up. Hello. It's uh, Andrew, first time on here, and it's an honor to be on here. What's going on, yes, buddy? Yes, sir. So Andrew is on here. Cam, unfortunately, is going back home, um, and also he could not come on because of what we like to call the Broncos comeback against the Bears. <laughs> oh, my God. He just couldn't handle it. So Ooh. we have our boy Andrew here today, and he's got some great stuff for you guys. Moving on to more college football from last week, Texas was rolling against the Jayhawks, and I had Kansas over texas my apologies everyone down in austin i thought daniels was gonna play espn said he was active on wednesday stuff happens i'm wrong i'm sorry i was looking at that i swore he was gonna play that's why like when i heard you have that take last week on kansas i'm like all right it makes sense but then i didn't see him on the field i'm like what is going on and then eventually found out he wasn't playing, and that's kind of when it all just started going downhill. Yeah, and uh, Quinn Ewers had Quinn Ewers started to show out against that team. I think Quinn Ewers does tend to show up against the ranked teams. I mean, you saw it against Alabama earlier in the year, but I think that that was a statement win for Texas. Everyone kind of there was a lot of people who had some opposition against that game, including you. <laughs> and I think I think Texas proved themselves. 
They really did. And one man that really put his name in college football, Jonathan Brooks, the sophomore running back for the Longhorns, he was a different type of animal out there. 200 plus yards and two tutties that game. If he can get keep it rolling to be even half that good, Texas might offense might look very unstoppable. It, it's an incredible unit already and added a run game. I mean, I would never want to play that Texas offense. Absolutely, and that's going to keep them in the playoff conversation as well. Having a run game as well as pairing that up with the Ewers and I believe Xavier Woods' connection, oh my God, they look unstoppable. Yeah, but moving on now to another game. You know, we thought it was going to be game of the week, but one game outshined it. But I know Connor would like to talk about it. Yep, that is Notre Dame versus Duke. Uh, I had high hopes for this game. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a really good game, but didn't end up living up to the hype somewhat. Uh, 21-14 was the end score. Notre Dame ended up taking it. It was a... I don't, I don't want to say it was a bad game, per se. There, been, there definitely could have been more scoring from these two teams. But Audric Estime, not the greatest efficiency on the ground. He did have two touchdowns with that go-ahead 30-yard rushing touchdown. But, again, Notre Dame against those ranked teams, it, it they do look sort of shaky. Absolutely. Leading into, I believe, what was it? It was the third or fourth down where Hartman had that huge run. How do you allow that if you're Duke's defense? In my opinion, I think that's one of the things, like one of the top things you have to look at. Like, yeah, it was like maybe 14, 15 yards. But still, Sam Hartman can make a play out of anything, and he showed that, and he showed why he was one of the more, a little bit of underrated quarterbacks in college football with potentially the run that won him the game. Yeah, and I mean, on the other side of the ball, Duke, uh, it wasn't the greatest game for Riley Leonard. I think he showed a lot of flaws, but he was carrying the load there. 18 carries for 88 yards. Uh, not the greatest efficiency through the air. 12 for 27, 134 yards, a touchdown and a pick. But he did end up getting injured in that game. It, it's a heart crusher, especially for you, Gabe, because I know you've been I know you've been riding with Riley Leonard the entire season. Yeah, ever since he beat Clemson, he's been my guy, and I knew he had problems in the air this year, which isn't like him, but when I saw him go down, it, it was like a part of me just, like, died. Like, it, he's my guy. Especially him going down, what was it, the Hail Mary attempt? Yeah. Wow. Like, honestly, like that's the worst-case scenario if you're Duke. You're already a tough loss at home. You already know it's a loss, and then just to have your star quarterback get injured it just make it makes it even worse yeah so definitely prayers up the Leonard um get your homework done if when your leg's broken I guess oh, but man. moving on to definitely probably the best game of college football so far I don't think there's any disagreement here LSU versus Ole Miss it was a QB battle two names I know Connor's guy Jackson Dart yeah. was up there QB of the week and, of course, Jaden Daniels for LSU, wanting redemption against a ranked opponent. I know RJ did this game last week, and he's very excited to get into it. Oh, man, did I pick a great game. LSU going into Ole Miss, it was a back-and-forth battle. Both quarterbacks threw no interceptions and four touchdowns. You're like, oh, my Lord, you have 100-yard uh, uh, carriers from each team. Wow. It was an overall showdown. 
shout out to Ole Miss for getting a very impressive win at home against a a Tigers team that even at the beginning of the year, even after the loss to Florida State, we were still kind of iffy on them, but they're still a great team no matter what. Brian Thomas Jr., Malik Neighbors, absolutely carrying the LSU receiving. But Trey Harris and Jordan Watkins, both from Ole Miss, got the job done with Jackson Dart and obviously Quinshawn Judkins almost getting 200 yards. Just wow. All It was all offense. And it was if you love like the shootout games, the battles, like I'll give an NFL example, that Chiefs Rams game. Oh my lord. This was something that compared to it for sure. So obviously a great game from Jackson Dart and also Jaden Daniels. They both showed out for sure. Yeah, and uh another part of this game that was really interesting was wow, holy rushing attack. I've been saying it all year, this Ole Miss team, they've had a blistering run game. Quinshaw Junkins, like RJ said, had 177 yards, but these two teams combined for 540 rushing yards. Can you believe it? Jeez. No, I mean, that's insane. There's There was over 1,000 yards of total offense in this game. That's like an offensive, like an offensive coordinator's dream. Yeah, when you think of SEC, this is exactly what you think of: shoot out, shoot out, Ugh. shoot out. I wouldn't want to be either defensive coordinator from either side oh. of the ball. Oh, yeah. no. Ooh. And it's like a shout out to the defense because, in my opinion, they didn't play like bad. It was just, what are you going to do to stop? It's you're going up against two baller quarterbacks that have some receivers that just made the game just a shootout. And also, with, with Judkins, is he had 33 carries. 33! Ooh. Ooh. It's just not something you really expect, really, honestly. No, in my, in no. My belief. It got them the win. Despite that, it was a great game. I know everybody was on their feet. You could not sit down for that one. But moving on to this week, the upcoming battles of college football. I know Connor's got one. It's another cat fight. But I think it's going to get interesting. We have the SEC cat fight. Two Tigers going at it. Go Tigers, go Tigers. Number 21, Mizzou, is hosting number 23, LSU, fresh off a loss to Ole Miss. Now, LSU is slated at a 70.2% chance to win on the road, even though they are lower ranked than Mizzou. And like we were talking about before, LSU had dropped a very close one away to Ole Miss. And that was it, it was a shootout. There's no there's no other words to describe it that it was a, a shootout. Uh, but they did drop 10 rankings because of that game. They dropped down all the way to number 23. They are almost off the AP top 25. Uh yeah. So it's it's bound to be a great game. Um like we were talking about before, uh, Jaden Daniels had a great game against Ole Miss. 27 for 36, 414 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, rushing, he added on almost 100 yards with a touchdown on the ground. E. We had doubts about him after the FSU game. We thought maybe he's not the best at performing in big games. Even though they did lose this game, he performed. He shined. Uh, LSU's running back Logan Diggs had 100 yards and two touchdowns, and LSU's top two receivers combined for a or 226 yards and three total touchdowns. Uh, it, this offense was firing on all cylinders. 
the defense, though, was lackluster. I mean, I you got to give it to them. They were playing Ole Miss. They they can hit you anywhere. They can hit you. They can hit you deep. They can hit you with a long run. It's it's kind of hard playing against those SEC offenses, but it's another SEC battle this week. Uh, one thing I'd like to note about the LSU defense is that they registered zero turnovers and zero sacks against the Ole Miss offense, which I know I'm seeing the faces right here. You're thinking what? Oh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't expect that. Honestly, it's weird. But moving on to Mizzou, uh, they host or they actually went to Vandy. Which the, I mean, the the under construction stadium. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, uh, the the punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, much like their stadium, that program is definitely under construction. Oh, that's um, for certain. Mizzou actually only won by seventeen on on the road to Vandy, thirty-eight twenty-one. Uh, they did move up three ranks in the poll. Um, it was another great game for a what seems to be budding star in Mizzou's wide receiver Luther Burden the third. Uh, he ended with 11 catches for 140 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that's 12.7 yards per catch. He's been balling. He's got over 600 yards on the year. Um, he's looking like a formidable threat in this offense, especially with Brady Cook throwing in the ball. 33 for 41, 395 yards, four touchdowns with an 80% completion rate. That is, that's SEC quarterback right there. Um, another wide receiver for Missouri. Uh, Theo Wees Jr. I don't know if I said that right. Bear with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, he had 10 catches for 118 yards and a touchdown too. Um, I don't want to call it a dominant win for Missouri, but the offense definitely did shine. I don't like the fact that they gave up 21 to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. If it's baseball, different story. But you can see... You can see them giving up 21 in a baseball game. Oh, my God. It's Vandy. It's Vandy. Uh, Vandy's like one of the best baseball games. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was about Vandy. to say. But, yeah, looking at this matchup, I don't – although they are ranked above them, I don't see Missouri hanging in there that much. I think they can I think they can make some plays. I like Brady Cook and Luther Burton connection. And I think LSU is going to go into Missouri and win 38-21. Is it the Mizzou defense that does it for you? Like, is that like the one glaring flaw? Is that they gave it twenty-one points to Vandy? Yeah, I that's that's very concerning for me, especially if you're going to be a ranked team. Um, you've seen ranked teams over the years not have the greatest defenses. I ugh, I can't. It doesn't do it for me. And I think this LSU defense or offense, sorry, coming off of a great performance against the Ole Miss against the Ole Miss defense. I really like their chances. Very interesting stuff. But moving on now to OJ with a newly ranked opponent for Ooh, man. Georgia. Ooh, I'm excited about this one. One of the more underrated matchups in the country. Number 20, the Kentucky Wildcats go to Sanford Stadium to face Brock Bauer. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Georgia, number one, Georgia. And you'll understand why I say that in a second. But, wow. Georgia surviving a close game in Auburn, 27-20. to I, I just don't know how to really – this is the number one team in the country. I don't know how you only beat Auburn by seven points. And, honestly, that whole offense, that game was carried by Brock Bowers, who had eight for 157 and a touchdown. 
in my opinion, he carries the offense. He makes Carson Beck look 10 times better than some people say he is. I'll say that for sure. But wasn't just him. Uh, John Edwards had a 19 for 76 and two touchdowns. So once they kind of got in that red zone, he kind of got the job done on the ground. Um, and then even like the second leading receiver for Georgia was uh, Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint, who had two for 44. I know. I'm looking at the face. It's a very interesting name when wow. I was doing research. Wow. That's, that is a tongue twister. I, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I give you. I give you applause for trying. Yeah, I was it was, it was a very that. fun name. Shout out. Gotta like it. Um, but Georgia's defense, though, um, my two kind of top guys for them were uh, last week where Malachi Stark showed a pick, uh, four solo tackles, and a TFL, and then uh, Samuel Madden Jr., who had seven solo tackles and a sack. He's a linebacker for him. Overall, they kind of got the job done on offense and kind of gave Peyton Thorne kind of a little bit of a shakiness at home that kind of led Georgia to that victory. Um, switching teams, Kentucky last week, 19 points at home against number 22 Florida, kind of exposing Florida as per usual around this time of year for certain. Um, but, God, Ray Davis, the running back, good Lord, 26 carries, 280 yards, Ooh. and three Tutties. And wow. What we might add is he had 200 yards in the first half alone. Exactly. Oh I, I saw god. that and I'm like, oh my god, this man is single-handedly carrying the offense, almost like how Bra uh, Bowers does with Georgia. And you can see why when you look at uh, Kentucky quarterback Devin Leary, former NC State transfer. He went 9 for 19, a little under 50% completion percentage, 69 yards and a touchdown. W wow. Are we getting a uh, Phil Jerkovic vibes from him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Is he on fraud alert? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He's on fraud alert. He, there's a lot of high hopes from him coming into Kentucky and kind of keeping what Levis did, but that's not getting it done. I'm telling you that right now. Leading receivers for Kentucky were uh, Barry and Brown, who had four for 37, and Tavion Robinson, who had three for 25. So, obviously, not as big numbers. Honestly, if you take just those two guys alone out of those seven completed passes out of the nine, that's almost your whole yards right there for Devin Leary. So, overall, if you want to beat Georgia, you'll need to pass the ball. Simple as that. Uh, for defense for Kentucky, uh, two defensive backs, I think, overall got the job done for them and ex kind of exposed Florida. Maxwell Hairston, who had eight solo tackles um, and a TFL or half a TFL. And then Alex Afari Jr., five solo tackles and a TFL. Overall, both getting the job done, kind of covering Florida and Graham Mertz. So, overall, job well done to those two. My final takes for this game, though, if you're Kentucky, you need to establish a passing offense. If you're getting that Devin Leary 9 for 19 again, you're getting destroyed. It's in Georgia. You're getting destroyed. It's as simple as that. Um, and also, with having a pass game, keep the run game going. Feed Ray Davis when you can. Like, if they're predicting pass, like – if they do, because they're obviously going to try and just attack Ray Davis first, Ray Davis, oh, my Lord, just get him the ball. Get him like 30. Give him 40 carries. Honestly, I could see him getting wow. 40, 40, 40 carries. 40 wouldn't carries? Be, wouldn't be a bad idea if you wow. look at Leary. That's all I'm going to say. If you give someone 40 carries, that's just look. That's just telling your quarterback, hey, you suck. Like, I mean, <laughs> am I wrong? Are we are we talking about like pocket passer, like check down, check down merchant type stuff? That's what Leary's probably going to do, yes. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but looking at the other team, if like Georgia's key wins, 
Carson Beck needs to be efficient and not turn the ball over. If Kentucky's defense can force turnovers, it could be ugly. It could be an ugly close game again like it was last week. Um, if you're Brock Bowers, obviously you still need to be the most out of that offense. You are basically almost that whole offense. So kind of just did what you did last week. That'll most likely get you the win, and it wouldn't be a bad strategy for Georgia. Um, and obviously that leads to Kentucky. You need to double cover uh, Bowers all you can. Anytime you get the chance to, you need to double cover him. So if you can get pressure on Carson Beck, you can make him get those sacks or maybe even a fumble out of him even. That would be probably your best-case scenario. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be closer than people suspect just due to what I saw last week out of this Georgia team. And I'm going to regret saying this. Give me the Wildcats. 24-21 to 21 in Georgia. The what? upset what? of the season. With that type of quarterback? I'm taking wow. a chance. I, I don't that, like this Georgia oh. team. I'm taking a tough, tough oh. chance. So you're telling me, and I, I think this is a special type of game because it sounds like the battle of the skills players. It's Brock Bowers versus Ray Davis. Basically, yeah. Oh. That's what this game is, basically, yes. Uh, that's an interesting take. I, I I can see where you're coming from, though. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying I fully disagree. Yeah. It's not as crazy as it sounds, but oh. honestly, I'm probably going to get proven wrong now that I just picked them, honestly. Yeah. That, that's yeah. how my luck goes usually with picking upsets. You you've got you've got a very slim chance of that happening. That is for certain. I'm going with Brock Bowers all the way. He he's yeah. like a Kyle Pitts. Basically, yeah. It's a it's going to be a Brock Bowers carry job again. As as it usually is, yeah, probably. But it'll he'll be a top five draft oh, pick how? in this coming draft. That's for sure. How how can you take the Wildcats? I'm doing it. Oh. I got I got us pick an upset. Basketball teams are teams too. Absolutely, that <laughs> hey, is correct. Hey, Drake May, you got Drake yeah. May, UNC. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got you got Duke on the on the tri- on the downward trend now because the quarterback centered, and now Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, wh- what are you supposed to do about that? The basketball teams are taking over college football, but now moving on to our, our guy Andrew and his game. What? Why don't you tell us about your game, Andrew? Well, Notre Dame and Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame ranked 10th and 11th, and Louisville ranked at 25th for the first time since 2020. Notre Dame, of course, coming off that tough road win at Duke. Key player, Howard Cross the third, 13 tackles and two forced fumbles and a sack for the defensive lineman. They were 3 of 15 on third down, but 3 of 3 on fourth down. Uh, Louisville coming off a 13 to 10 win on the road at NC State. Uh, Plummer went 21 of 35, 286 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions and holding NC State to just 201 yards of total offense. Jake Plummer, though, interesting to note, this is his third straight year playing against Notre Dame. Um, he is uh, o, or Plummer is 0-2 versus Notre Dame in his career, losing with Cal and Purdue. Other key players from Louisville, Jawar Jordan, uh, very good running back, 510 rushing yards, averaging 7.7 yards carry. The explosive Jamari Thrash at wideout, 20.2 average on reception, five touchdowns and a long of 85 85? Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Big play alert. Um, Of course, Notre Dame, no shocker there. You got Estime, Hartman, Howard Cross, Mitchell Evans, such a good team. But they only have two receivers to go over 100 yards in a game. Those from the tight ends, Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays. Another key thing I thought, 
Their kicker, Spencer Schrader, 27 for 27 on PATs, but just 5 of 10 on field goals. That is going to come important at some point. Uh, Louisville at 5-0, and their head coach, Brom, in his first year at Louisville, the second coach in the program to ever start at 5-0, and they are 3-0 and in one-score games this year. And he's pulled off big upsets before, of course, Ohio State 2018 at Purdue, number five Michigan State in 2021. They're an underdog for the first time this year with a 29.4 win percentage on ESPN. And they've sold out the stadium and are likely going to post an attendance record Saturday night in the primetime slot, just their third ever meeting. Yeah, it's it's an interesting team, Notre Dame. I Of course, we all have done our research on them. And the more you look at it, it's more of Sam Hartman not getting many opportunities like it's such a weird thing to say but his completion numbers he doesn't get many completions they really rely on that run game absolutely i mean do you blame him though having estimated that backfield and they do kind of like the running back by committee like how you saw against the uh the for the ohio state game i'll give for an example like they use six backs you don't really see many teams in college doing that running back by committee system with all these shootouts I'm hearing listed, Ole Miss and LSU, it's kind of refreshing to feel and hear and watch a grinded-out game. And that is exactly what I feel this game is going to be. Notre Dame-Duke, to some people, may have been boring. Well, you're going to get another boring game, Connor, <laughs> this Saturday night on ABC. <laughs> Notre yeah. Dame, 5-4 and four overall under Marcus Freeman's tenure in one-score games. And they're also 5-4. and four against ranked opponents under Freeman's tenure. Yeah, I think that I think that point is important to know that it's not going to be the most like eye appealing football game. Uh it's it's grit and grind. It's trench football. It's trench warfare. Uh I think you're right about that. I think it's gonna be I, I in my words I would I wouldn't mince my word. I'd say it's gonna be a pretty boring game. I mean you see the SEC ones like you were saying, but it's definitely gonna be a game to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, I'll be giving it a watch, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I probably will not. I'm not the greatest at watching Notre Dame games. I, I don't necessarily blame you. I just, I just don't like Notre Dame. As for my final score prediction, I will take Notre Dame 24-21 to and another grind it out. Uh, yeah, Hartman doesn't really have the most eye-popping numbers, but he just does things to win games. 17-yard carry to keep it alive. Uh, how much did that hurt you to pick Notre Dame? It hurts everybody here. Yeah, collectively as a group. I feel like I feel like picking I feel like picking the Fighting Irish is like picking the Cowboys sometime. Oh, I'd say Alabama was closer to the Cowboys. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> it's that is fair. It's always interesting when we pick Notre Dame. But moving on to what we think is the game of the week: Oklahoma and Texas. Now this rivalry has been going on for a while. It's a Big Twelve shoot out most of the time but it is in a neutral stadium this year they were playing in dallas texas which is pretty neutral it is is a very neutral sighting this is the last time it's in the big 12 next year sec man that's gonna make it even more special goodbye, honestly goodbye yeah it's thank you Thank you, SEC, for taking these two teams. <laughs> I don't want to deal with them anymore. Oh, oh we asked West Virginia fans going to sing like the na 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 na. Yeah. Na na Goodbye. Yeah. But this is, I think, one of the most interesting ones I've seen in a while. 
because you have a star-studded Texas team, which I'll get into later. But this Oklahoma team assembled of players that don't really have NFL star written all over their name. Now, for Oklahoma, my guy, Dylan Gabriel, is under, under center for them. And my God, has he had a year. Last week against Iowa State, he was 26 for 39, 366 yards in three quarters. He did not play the fourth quarter of that game, but he had three touchdowns and an interception with a QBR of 95.7 and two rushing touchdowns. He he just, people had questions about him going in the Big 12 play, and that Iowa State game, he just lit it up. Now, the number one glaring flaw for this Oklahoma team, the run game is terrible. Minus that SMU game, the run game has not done anything. And Marcus Major, the running back, he's got 19 carries for 66 yards against Iowa State. He's averaging under 4 yards a carry. He's a six foot, 225-plus running back with ridiculous speed. And he can't, he can't get anything done. I've never seen a guy of his size, his speed, his agility not been able to get anything done. He's, got f- he's had five games on his belt, under 200 yards, and one touchdown this year. That is unacceptable if you're an Oklahoma team. As a, as a team as a whole, they can't do anything in the run game. And it's making them super one-dimensional. But they haven't played the best of opponents which makes it easy for them to win. Exactly, but going up against a great Texas defense, in my opinion, and not having a run game, that is going to hurt you bad. That is for certain. Yeah, and, you know, I've been talking about Dylan Gabriel, but his receivers, it is receivers. Their receiving core as a whole is ridiculous. They They go as much as nine deep on this team. But it's because, I don't think it's because they don't have a number one guy. I think it's because they have so many guys they can use. Julia Farouk is, was supposed to be the number one receiver coming into this year. Last week had five receptions, 81 yards. No touchdowns though. Four wide receivers last week caught a pass for 35 plus yards. Four different receivers did that. And 10 different players caught a pass. With three different players having a touchdown the Oklahoma defense, it's got its ups and downs, but Danny Stutzman is a future NFL star. He is arguably their top prospect. Six tackles, which is a very low number for him, six tackles. Four solo with one tackle for loss and a pass deflection. OU as a, as a whole had nine tackles for loss. They love to swarm that offensive line. They like to bring the floodgates. They try to find any type of gaps they can, and it really seemed to work. Now, Iowa State was avoiding a lot of sacks. Iowa State loves to do this rollout action, play action. Their quarterback is always moving to the right. So you're not going to get many stats numbers. But, you know, this Texas defense is going to feed. And they have one of the most impressive defensive lines in the league. They they just get sacks. They have numerous, six different D linemen with a sack last week, well, on the year. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play. But moving on to the Texas offense... It's scary, and I think we all can agree it is. It has an argument to be the number one unit in the league, in the whole college football, and Quinn Ewers is leading that offense, and he just seems to get better when the lights are bright, and unlike 
you know, Jared Allen, someone like Jared Allen. Hey, hey, <laughs> this is a football show. <laughs> if we make an NBA side podcast that kind of puts onto this, I'll go more into detail we, on that, what he just said. I think we should, especially especially when it starts up. Oh man, that'd be fire for sure. So stay look, take, take, stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah, Quinn Ewers, he's a definite draft prospect, and he's a redshirt sophomore. He last week against Kansas, twenty five for thirty five, three hundred twenty five yards, only one passing touchdown, but he threw his first interception, and it was a bad one. It was he was staring down his receiver, and that linebacker read him all the way and just jumped up and snatched it. You know, he had two rushing touchdowns, and he had a 30-yard rushing touchdown. So he is he's mobile. So you definitely have to watch out for that. But the man that I especially want to talk about, Jonathan Brooks. He is on a tear. Last week, 21 carries, 218 yards. That is 10, nearly 11, well, 10.4 yards a carry. That's a first down every time he touches the ball. He also had two touchdowns, one of them being 67, which is a season high. And he had one catch off a great screen pass for 20-plus yards. Now, they do, they have been using the freshman C.C. Baxter, but his stats are kind of hit and miss on the year. He's just kind of there, in my opinion, to give Brooks a rest because you can't just give a guy three straight snaps. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get tired. Now, Adonia Mitchell, though, has been great this year for Texas. Last week, 10 catches. 141 yards and a touchdown. Everyone's been talking about Xavier Worthy coming in the year, and Mitchell has just shown up. Uh, yeah, I know you were talking about um, Jonathan Brooks earlier, and you mentioned it earlier before we were talking about Texas. Uh, he is only a sophomore, like you said. Do you think he has the potential to fill that Bijan Robinson-sized hole in that Texas offense? Bijan Robinson might be a stretch because what makes Bijan so special? is that he could catch the ball like a receiver. And I don't see Brooks doing that as good as Bijan did. But still, I mean, for what he's doing so far, though, it's it's a, it's a, it's progress for Phil in that. Absolutely progress. Oh, it definitely is. He, he needs to work on the speed a bit. He doesn't have breakaway speed, but he's very good at finding the gaps. He's a very patient runner with great ball carrier vision, and that's why he's able to get so many chunks of yardage per play. He picks and chooses when to strike, and it works out for him. But the offensive player everyone thought was going to be great for Texas, Xavier Worthy. Seven catches, 93 yards last game, no touchdowns. I'm not saying he's been underperforming. I'm not at all saying that. It's just you're expecting a big-time season, and he has been... You're expecting a superstar season, and he has been just, like, you know, star. So it's not like he's playing bad, but for the standards he was set, it's not looking like he's living up to it. And for the defense for Texas last week, zero sacks against Kansas. That's not great, but their quarterbacks are very mobile. One, Only one pass deflection, only three tackles for loss, no interceptions. But they had three forced fumbles, but only one of them was recovered. So they've probably got to work like that. You know, going up against Oklahoma now, thunderstorms are an issue. They will be delayed. Rain will come before and during the game. Texas running game looks superior in every sense of the word word to Oklahoma's, and that's probably what'll carry him to that victory. Especially with like the if, like you said, the thunderstorms. 
that's going to make an issue for the pass game. So if it goes to the running game, I think Texas will make a statement if it comes to that point. Yes, as Oklahoma has shown to do this weird three deep wide receiver uh, running back unit, Marcus Major, under 200 yards, he's not been good. Tyway Walker, if you subtract the incredible SMU game, he has 76 yards on the year, which is not good. And then Javante Barnes, a sophomore, 122 yards on some iffy carries and didn't even play last week against Iowa State. So if it does come down to quarterbacks not being able to throw the ball well in rainy, wet conditions, Texas is going to steamroll. And that defensive line is arguably the best in college football. So first of all, you can't establish a good run game if you're Oklahoma and add on the Texas D-line. That's going to make it horrible for them. So Oklahoma needs this game to be a pass-heavy game if they're going to even have a chance of winning. They are favored, Oklahoma. Yeah, they are favored. How, How are they favored? They're favored? God, yes. They have a f- they are favored by ESPN. I think it's 54 percent wise that's crazy that that, kind of tells something about the espn fpi honestly especially against a team like texas who has already knocked off two ranked opponents i mean that's crazy blasphemy but Stephen a the the ou defense they love to swarm the line of scrimmage get that running back in the backfield at the line of scrimmage the safeties though for ou they're very flat-footed they're not ready to make plays. They're not ready to drop back deeper if they have to. And Kansas exposed that. But, you know, it's going to be, in my opinion, offense is looking to do offensive things. But since, due to those thunderstorms and Brooks just being on a tear, I really do think oh, Texas is going to beat OU 34-23. to I think Brooks is in for another incredible game against this OU team. Yep, double digit. Would, uh, that's a great take, in my opinion. I think if Texas gets a good win, that could potentially propel them up to two. Never know. I think it should. That's now three ranked opponents they've beaten. Yeah, especially considering uh, shaky games from Michigan and Georgia over the past. I think I think they deserve that two spot. And Georgia has their first test as well. So if Georgia doesn't fare well against that, it's it's looking like Michigan and Texas might be moving up. And these two teams, they could see each other again in the Big 12 championship game. I don't think that's out of the equation. These might be the far and away best teams in the Big 12. Yeah, it's 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 really been those two undefeated teams, Texas and Oklahoma, and then you just got West Virginia making the underdog story of the year. Loving it. Hey, I mean, in the wise words of once West Virginia quarterback Geno Smith, they wrote us off. We ain't right back, though. They wrote us off. We're ready to go. We but right back, though. West Virginia making a push. But moving on to the AP poll, new and improved. Now, of course, we'll go down the list 25 to 1. So starting with so starting with Louisville, newly into the top 25 at 25. Fresno State moving up to 24. LSU moving down 10 spots to 23. Tennessee moving down one spot to 22. Mizzou up to 21. Kentucky enters the top 25 for the first time this year at 20. Duke only moves down two spots to 19. Utah drops eight spots to 18. Miami moving up one spot to 17. Ole Miss moving up four spots to 16. And Oregon State re-entering the top 15 at the 15th spot, moving up four places. 
Drake May moving up one spot to 14. Washington State moving up to 13. Oklahoma moving up two spots to 12. Alabama just outside the top 10 at 11. Notre Dame re-entering the top 10 at 10. USC going down again this week to 9. Oregon moving up to 8. Washington, Penn State, Florida State, Ohio State still 7 through 4. Texas, Michigan, Georgia also 3 through 1. Nothing really changing there. But guys, thoughts on this poll? Ho, I USC. That that first half against Colorado, they they looked like they were going to blow them out in the first half. But as USC does, USC did pull a USC and made it very close at the end when they didn't need it to be. But I think that shows a lot about this team. I I made the analogy a lot watching that game that USC the S in USC stands for or the SC in USC stands for Swiss cheese because that's their defense. <laughs> Dude, you're not wrong. They were dicing them in the second half. Man, it was crazy. They they made Colorado made it look like a game again. Shockingly, yeah. I if they if they continue to play like that, they're gonna lose a game or two. And especially considering it's the final season of the Pac-12, it's I cannot wait to see where USC end up at the end of the year. And it's all led by Caleb Williams. Yeah, there's there's multiple other teams they're versing, like Notre Dame. They're versing Oregon State. They're versing Utah. They're versing Washington. I mean, oh, I can't wait for that for that Washington game. Penix is looking to cook that game. He's going to turn on the burners, start flipping the patties, and actually cook this Swiss cheese defense. He's going to take that Swiss cheese and put it on his sandwich, dude. That it's going to look like an SEC game. It's it like it, it's. I can't. I'm licking my chops waiting for that game. It is <laughs> amazing. Penix, Penix versus it's it's the Heisman battle. That will decide the Heisman. That is for sure. Staying into the well, the current Pac-12 that'll be soon the Pac-2, Oregon State. Shout out to them. Major win beating Utah by double digits. You put yourself back at 15. DJ Uga Undelay. I'm taking a guess. Don't know if I it's got that. Uga Lele. Eh, close enough. My apologies for the mispronunciation. Wait, I think I, it's, it's something. It's 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 Uyaga Lele because I always get that Fox announcer that's always saying it. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. I mean, honestly, everybody's kind of just taking a crack Uyaga at it. Uyaga Lele. They're trying to just hope they're right, honestly, and I don't really blame them. But just shout out Oregon State. It was a major win that they needed to kind of get them back on that middle of the pack, uh, the top twenty-five. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are. Doing. I call him DJ. <laughs> it's so much easier. I mean, he. <laughs> Like Cameron was saying before about the uh, the Klubnik take, he Klubnik's kind of following the same DJ arc. He's not living up to the hype at all. Uh, I think one thing we should all notice in this AP is that how spread out the number one votes are. Georgia, who's been a solid 50-plus votes this year, has lost 20 of them from last week. 35 first-place votes, 12 to Michigan, and then 10 to Texas. Um, what? Ghost Johnson, how many burner accounts can you make? <laughs> how many burner accounts can you make? And then Florida State has four times as many as Ohio State. Okay, yeah. This is where <laughs> that's, I'm gonna, that's crazy. This is where I'm going to step in. I don't know how you're going to give them three more votes in Ohio State. I think with a dominant win against Maryland, if that does happen, I think a couple of those votes, either from Texas or Florida State, will be taken away and be added on to Ohio State's total. But still, 
overall, I mean, I guess the only reason you can kind of say Florida State is because they crushed LSU. That's kind of the only thing I can kind of think of on right now. But it could change next week. Just look out for that. Yeah, and for people who don't think this mail-in game means something, they're ranked 26th, and they're nearly 25. They have 81 votes to be in the top 25. There are some other iffy teams with votes. Like, shout-out to Air Force. Shout out to James Madison, who's on there. Shout out to WV having the same amount yes. as Clemson. Yeah. Yes. Roll nears. But moving on to another rankings, the Heisman, which is shaken up as Kayla Williams has retaken the throne with a more sizable gap, in my opinion, than Penix had on him the week prior. But there's one guy on there. I love to see. And shout out to Fox Sports for having this list because Sam Hart, it still says Sam Hartman is at Wake Forest. And <laughs> this, this list is terrible. That's it, funny. It, it, has Sam, it has Sam Hartman on Wake Forest, and this was released, like, what? Yesterday, yeah. October how 3rd. Do, how do you just, like, before you put it out, saying, oh, yeah, he still plays for Wake Forest. Oh, oh my God. But according to Fox Sports, Dylan Gabriel is tied for fifth place in voting with Jordan Travis. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to take over right here. I don't know how, in my opinion, you put Dylan Gabriel, who has played nothing but probably utter trash, against Jordan (laughs) Travis, who diced up LSU. How? Because that Boston College game. Oh, there's there's another one. I'm looking at it. Why? Tyler Van Dyke is is it Van Dyke? I'll I'll get to that one in a sec. One, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off on my little Cameron Ward rant again because I did that last yeah, week. Yeah, you the, were going on it. The the voters should know Cam Ward is so good. Uh, he deserves to be top five, let alone off the list, which is crazy. But one that I see, Tyler Van Dyke is on there. Uh, JJ McCarthy is below him, which which is stupid, but. Jaden Daniels, who is balling, carrying LSU. He's below McCarthy, Van Dyke, and Gabriel. He's below a guy who threw three picks to Bowling, Bowling Green. Green. JJ McCarthy, you are a fraud. Shout out to the Mac, but still, good lord. I mean, that's also also what a catch was it that well, who's the Michigan wide receiver that had that catch? That was crazy. I don't watch him. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. He, I, I forget his name, but he straight up mossed him. He That was a head tap. Oh, absolutely. So maybe you can make the case that J.J. McCarthy's getting carried? I think it might have been Roman Wilson. I it think, yes, Roman, that yeah, it was yeah. Roman Wilson. Yeah. But also some names to shout out. Bo Nix in third place, according to Fox. Quinn Ewers in fourth. I mean, Sam Hoytman all the way down at the last on our list. I mean, it's it's anyone's game, honestly. Hey, but shout out Bo Dacious. Look out. He might stay up there for the rest of the year if they keep playing well. Bo knows, and Bo does know right now. Bo is cooking. Let no, him cook. No more Bo picks anymore. Oh, he might gone. He might have beat the allegations. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was the Auburn Bo picks. It's, it's Bo Nix now. He deserves his name. Uh, you know, Bo, I, I, watch him, I, I watched him once, and it was against Colorado, and I was like... <laughs> This guy can play. So, it's it's his... I feel like he should definitely be in that top three. But moving on to pro football. NFL, and it was a terrible week for everyone in this room. Honestly, yeah, everybody in the room. I'll, I'll, I'll save my take. 
Like, ev- everyone in this room, and Cameron, who got the worst of it, but I, I don't even want to start it. Like, Connor, can you, like, take over? Like, do I? Oh, it's uh, it's bad for everyone. It's bring it's bringing back two and fourteen vibes, and I don't like it at all. Um, this I've literally I've seen compilations of Joe Burrow getting rocked this season. It's bad. Uh, shout out shout out Theo Ash on TikTok for actually defending Burrow, saying it's Zach Taylor's fault for playing him all the time. He's right. He's dead right. Cause the Burrow that we know. The borough that got paid, the borough that got that massive contract extension, can bounce around the pocket. He can throw the long ball. He finds his guys. And the offensive line hasn't been helping. Uh, his calf injury hasn't been helping. And so many factors have been playing into our downfall. I get it, but it's been four weeks. Well, when It's you- not. Okay, week one, I get it. Week two, all right. Week three, eh. But week four against a Tennessee team that Cleveland diced up the week before. Okay, stop talking about the Browns. This is the Bengals section. I, um, I'm just making it out there real quick. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's it's frustrating. It is frustrating. Burrow's got a big chance this week against Arizona. They're not a great team, so if, if he can't get it done in five weeks against an Arizona team, then yeah. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa there. Josh Dobbs season. I am oh. on the Josh Dobbs train. Former I mean, Cleveland Browns, Josh Dobbs. Gotta love it. But how do you give up 21 points in the second quarter alone to the Tennessee Titans? I, I had to watch Derrick Henry throw a touchdown on my team. Derrick Henry. I was just about to say, guess who had more passing touchdowns than Joe <laughs> I, Burrow that game? Derrick Henry. I'm going to be 100% honest. I was watching the game. And I saw Nick Westbrook Akina catch a touchdown, and I was like, "Who?" Yeah, that's how that's how you kind of know that. Yeah, it that's was. that's how I know this game was a scratch. Um, after the second quarter, I was like, "Yep, I'm just gonna watch my fantasy players play." Um, shout out NFL Red Zone. Um, but uh, it's frustrating. I I've been saying over the past couple weeks that the defense has been very on and off. Uh, Sam Hubbard and Hendrickson have been giving it to all the guys off the edge. Um, Dax Hill with eight sack with eight tackles again. Sorry, my my apologies. Uh, he also had a pass defended. He, him, Logan Wilson, and the two edge rushers have been our bright spots on this team so far. Uh, Chase getting back up there with seventy three yards on seven catches. I don't like him going to the media and saying. I'm always open. It's it may it makes me sad. It makes me really sad because I wonder if there's a little rift in the locker room now that not, was so tight. Not only a rift in the locker room, but a rift on contract talks. <sighs> Ooh, if if it keeps it this up, that might be a scary time. This offseason might be scary for you. Yeah, we could we could be going back to the bungles. Um, we could be. Joe Burrow throwing to Tyler Boyd and Trent Irwin. Uh, that would be a sight. That would be a sight to see because I don't think T. Higgins is going to resign. He's he's going to look for a bag somewhere else because he's definitely going to be able to get it. But, I mean, you see you see trade talks with the Panthers going on right now. I'm scared. I'm scared. They, they need that receiver one for Bryce Young. He sucks. Does, 
does Cincinnati kind of take the trigger and take a trade? I don't care. Bryce Young sucks. Would, would you trade T. Higgins no. to the Panthers? No. I wouldn't trade him at all. You guys, I would not trade him at all. Knowing the receiver and the cow player, actually, like, every player's been traded for picks. You guys should probably get, like, a fifth-round pick out of that. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if the if the Colts are asking for a first for Jonathan Taylor, we could at least get a second for T. Higgins. I would say you could get a potential first for him. Yeah, because... Honestly. Oh. I mean, the Browns got a Moy Cooper for a sixth-rounder. Yeah, the... Okay, shout, that, that's robbery. Shout out the, Air, uh, the Andrew Berry yearly uh, fleece of the NFL. Oh. I need we need like a Howie Roseman type GM that just literally pulls off these I don't even know how they go through trades. It's how all right. I know this is off topic, but how did the Eagles get DeAndre Swift? Who let that happen? Who let that happen? That's a great question, honestly. I don't know how the Lions even were like, hey, let's let's just trade him here. Let's trade our star running back. No, no. Dan Campbell is a mastermind. Like, let me tell you why. He saw like he for, he foreshadowed Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, oh, so he said, "Let's put let's put our man DeAndre down in Philly, so he they can have a Kelsey Swift duo." Oh, and if Jonathan Taylor gets there, not only do they have a tra- oh <laughs> a Jason God. Kelsey duo, Gabe, they, they have a Jason Taylor Swift duo. Gabe, I think football <laughs> fans are tired of he- hearing the words Swift and Kelsey together. I mean, it, oh, it's bad. Yeah, it was Colorado first, and now it's just Taylor Swift. I, I want Colorado back. I want the Colorado post back. Yeah, honestly, at least it's sports. Yeah, yeah at least that's it's football. Fair. Like, yes. Hugh Jackman and uh, Ryan Reynolds are apparently not even people anymore. I guess. It's, I guess not. <laughs> it's the um. It's the uh. Oh look, Taylor Swift's in the press box. Oh my god! And Patrick Mahomes threw a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that's, Taylor. That's a heck of a play by Mahomes. I know Taylor's are getting work. that. Taylor looks looks frustrated every time uh, Mrs. Mahomes <laughs> opens her mouth. <laughs> do, do you blame her? <laughs> Brittany's, <laughs> Brittany's yeah. like, that's my that's my spotlight. Oh, Not man. anymore. Yeah, good lord. Uh, moving on. Yeah, well, let's move on to you, Gabe. I'll, we'll save our me and Andrews for last. So mine wasn't as bad as your guys's, but losing a winnable close game against a team that's supposedly supposed to put you in the ground every year of every minute um it just hurts my heart Johan Doxson what a catch what a throw by how his o-line figured out the definition of blocking for one play and it worked Sam Howe though he's been sacked 24 times this year um he is gonna have early CTE at this point oh my lord <laughs> Wow, he got he got the buy one get one free deal on that. But Ooh. <laughs> yikes! Ah oh, man, tell him how you really feel. Uh, B Rob is now the better B Rob according to the NFL. Um, he is above B John Robinson. What in the running back? Rob. What Brian? I saw no that Brian. Is, I got the alert on my app that Brian Robinson was put one spot ahead of B John Robinson. That's ridiculous. Many men, many many <laughs> many many upon me. Have mercy on my soul. Uh, Terry McCoy had eight catches, 86 yards. I love to see it. Emmanuel Forbes got absolutely cooked, refrigerated, and then cooked all over again by A.J. Brown. Because <laughs> A.J. Brown had nine catches, 175 yards, and two tutties. Connor, you're welcome for that, for fantasy. <laughs> yes. Oh, and then Jalen Hurts only had 12 incompletions and had as many touch, uh, as many passing touchdowns as Burrow does on the season in this one game. But... 
there's this one play that everyone's probably seen. Terry McLaurin making a ridiculous catch off a ridiculous throw from Sam Howell in overtime. The toe is in. The toes are in. And what does the ref see? Nothing, because he's blind. Hey, we had that last week when they called Cooper out of bounds when it wasn't even close. But they reviewed this multiple times. Well, that, looked, just, that shows you NFL officials. It was in replay. Yeah, we all know that. There was Man. green in between that. I could fit a Snickers bar in between that gap. <laughs> that is not That's, true. That is so random. <laughs> yeah, That's not I, true. That was yeah. It was a close call, but <sighs> that, we could have been in like scoring position or something. Like I don't know. But now we're 2-2, two and two, and that doesn't look that good. Like The Eagles are 4-0, and oh, and they haven't even been playing like incredible. The Dallas Cowboys are 3-1 and one, thanks to New York teams. <sighs> the other New York team is in shambles. Oh, my Lord. 11 sacks. Wow. And when we're talking right now, Daniel Jones is getting sacked. Sa- shout out to you, Tree. Yeah, 2-2 two two is not good enough to get Caleb uh, Williams if you're the uh, commanders. We're playing for Brock Bowers. I mean, yeah. Honestly, yeah. that wouldn't be a bad idea right yeah. now. Or, or a linebacker. I'd take any linebacker. At this, at this point, we're playing for Brock Bowers. I'd take yeah. Brock Bowers. Yeah, between you two, it's the battle of the Brock Bowers. I, I don't even want Brock. Can we just like a linebacker? Can we just like start Jake Browning for the rest of the year and just like just get Brock Bowers? Yeah. What? No. Oh, this is maybe he'll actually complete a pass. Yikes! We have wow. David Mayo at linebacker. Wow! I can't believe you just said that. David Mayer. David Mayo. Mayo. Yeah, and he's oh. he's as white as Mayo. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but he is he's ta- he's taking the first. <laughs> He's taking out Hellman's. I mean, and then we got, like, saying every time he's on the field. We got Cody Barton, who was supposed to be a Cole Holcomb replacement. He hasn't done anything. He's just missing tackle. It's it's like he puts, like, grease on his arms or something before the games, and, like, he just gets slipped right past every time I see him. It's like, what is tackling drills? Jack Del Rio is blowing my mind. I don't know if he doesn't know what a edge rusher is, but when I see Chase Young dropping back 10 yards in coverage, I'm I'm literally confused out my mind. And then the very next point, I see Montez Sweat doing the same thing. It's like, what what, what are we going to do? Like, what are they going to do? They're a defensive lineman playing linebacker or like box safety. I've never seen anything like it. But he's getting in his own head. He's trying to become unpredictable and he doesn't even know what he's doing anymore. I, I'm done. I'm done with my rant. Back-to-back losses after 2-0. and I can't believe this. Uh, I'll take over from the Browns' standpoint. I was at this game. I was in Cleveland Brown Stadium for this game. Funny enough, so we're driving up to the stadium, right? And we're listening to Cleveland Radio. One of the things I heard, that's when we found out Watson was uh, out for the game. And we're all kind of like, uh, we didn't really know how to react in the car. Um, we're like, okay, maybe DTR. And then I hear Cleveland Radio say, yeah, if DTR throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns this game, bench him, and the New York Jets will package a first-round pick for him. I heard that on Cleveland Radio. What? Yep. that for, Word for word, I heard that on Cleveland Radio, what? and I'm like, no. What is in the water in Cleveland? Uh, not good things. I'll tell you oh. that by the lake. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> um... Yeah, so obviously that was the opposite of what happened. He threw three picks and no touchdowns <laughs> and under 50%, and he was getting harassed the whole game. He was clearly not ready. Uh, from what I saw live, it was like he wasn't looking – he was only looking for his first read. 
Like there were like maybe five plays that at least someone was open and he wouldn't throw to him. Oh my gosh, it just made me so mad. I was, oh man. And then not only that, but the defense, I'm not really blaming it on them. They were put on the field way too much than they should have been. But wow, the it was before halftime, Mark Andrews basically mossed three of our defenders. Oh my god. I, I'm like, okay, nice. You could maybe hold the three. Nope. They got seven before the half, and I'm like, great. It is 21-3 at half. We're getting destroyed. And that that's exactly what happened. And Baltimore's running game got set up. Of course, you had Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and Lamar basically going for all three of them combined like 100 yards, which for us is unheard of this season because we just held Derrick Henry to like 20 yards. But I mean, Lamar diced us up. I mean, he he was his rating was 142.5. He went nuts compared to Robinson or Thompson Robinson's 18.7 QBR. Wow, what a defi- <laughs> definition of tails <laughs> between opposites. That is laughable. Oh, and also shout out to Elijah Moore who thinks, wow, okay, a negative four yard uh, sweep play. Let's. Bring it down another minus 15 yards, which is actually the only time that's ever happened in NFL history. <laughs> I found that out this week. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, David Njoku was our leading receiver. If that tells you anything, looking for the security blanket, 6 for 46, the one week I didn't start him in fantasy. So Yeah, I didn't start Mike Andrews either. Yeah, I mean, hey, you should have two touchdowns for him, man. He went nuts. Um, but overall for Cleveland, we need this bye week. The bye week couldn't have come at a better time. We just got to rest up, get healthy, have Miles Garrett, Watson, and Postage back all for the game in San Fran, which is going to be at home again. Um, should be very, very interesting of a game, in my opinion. I think it could be closer, as some some people would like to say it is, if Watson is playing, mind you. Um, but overall, the defense just needs to go back into form. I think that'll happen. Um, trying to contain though Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey though, and Brandon Ayuk now is going to be a challenge. Oh my lord! But in my opinion, Cleveland I think will be just fine. We're two and two. It was kind of the worst case scenario looking at this uh, before the season. Like all right, two and two. You had the Pittsburgh loss. I mean, you have two division losses, which hurts. But still, looking into the rest of our schedule, like we have an easier back end of the schedule. So I think if we kind of play good then kind of limit the bad losses I think we'll be just fine but not a very encouraging week that's for certain yeah for DTR it sucks thrown into a tough Baltimore defense that is not forgiving for your first start in preseason looked great but he's not ready yet big difference with Deshaun at quarterback and it was shown there and looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year it was like oh this is terrible early bye week but it's really going to be helpful you know get a lot of game planning time now without Chubb, get uh, Deshaun back to health and compete throughout the stretch. Two and two doesn't sound great, but this AFC North is kind of crumbling apart. The Bengals haven't looked good. The Ravens had a bad loss. The Steelers shouldn't be good. They shouldn't beat the Browns, but horrible turnovers. Yeah, the Steelers are the Steelers. Yeah. Well, Matt Canada as an oh offensive coordinator is the most interesting thing. And Mike Tomlin... And he was quoted, there's going to be changes. 
And it was uh, he's not fired now, so I really don't know what <laughs> changes don't, he was talking about. I was just about to say that. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what these changes I, I don't are. Know. Hey, maybe maybe A B called it. Maybe he's the offensive coordinator. Oh my lord. But you know how funny coming. that would be? <laughs> oh I would pay for that to that, happen. That would be like me playing Madden. Yeah. That would literally be like a Madden offense. I think you playing Madden would honestly be better than that in my opinion. But yeah. hey, that's just that's just my thought. Even though even though I'm dookie at Madden, it's bad. But oh, Connor, man. you know what this means. My quarterback threw four interceptions. His quarterback threw three interceptions. Cam's quarterback, minus Denver, has thrown multiple interceptions. Joe Burrow, is he if, is he on the chopping block for, for like four interceptions? Oh, my Lord. Oh, make it five at uh, this g- point. Against Arizona? Make it, oh, my Lord. Buda Baker's about to have a career day. Buda Baker's about to have a hat yeah. trick. <laughs> if, you, if you lose to Arizona, I think, is when you genuinely debate about tanking. We should just tank it. That. If we're one in four? You're not making the playoffs. No. At one especially and four. in this, especially in this AFC AFC North, it's just every year. No, it's been a bad start for most of the teams. I mean, the Ravens have looked pretty good. The Browns have looked good, other than obviously Watson and Chubb being well. Chubb's out for the year, but obviously Watson being like on and off. But a quick little pause. But wow. I don't know if you're sen- <laughs> if if you're Cincinnati though. I think this is a must win, and you need to look good for this yeah. game. We we I think it's either we blow them out or we tank. At that point, yeah, I think we it's either one or the other. Consider tanking. Yep. Well, my team gets to boost the Browns. Oh, on Amazon, you mean the Bears. Oh yeah, sorry, it's our bye week. The Bears, the Bears get the uh, we get the versus the Bears as Washington fans. That's the closest thing to another bye week we can get. Hopefully, we don't give the Bears their first win since Elon Musk bought X. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is looking forward very ahead, but Week 14, Patriots Steelers in a battle of two great offenses, horrible offensive coordinators. That's gonna <laughs> be good. and on Amazon Prime. <laughs> So oh, Thursday night football seems wow. to always get the greatest matchup. I hope it downpours. I hope it downpours that game. Could that, you imagine? That'd be that'd be funny. That's for certain. We need Just, a wow. We need a duel of uh. I think it's later in the year. I think it's like week fifteen or something like that. It's uh, Bengals Vikings. It's the should we tank bowl? Yeah, that's honestly uh, the two budding wide receivers needing contracts bowl. Yeah, the two uh, LSU wide receivers, we need to get paid bowl. Oh, man. Well, you, you, you could name it a lot, honestly. You better watch out because I know, I know Jet's going to do some scouting on Jamar Chase. I don't want to hear it. Oh, Lord. I don't want to hear it. Oh, hey, my. We could, uh. we, could, uh, we could take a uh, – oh, yeah, that's true. I, 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 all I'm saying is could you imagine if Jet and Chase were reunited in Cincinnati with Burrow? No, my no. You don't have the money for that. You don't well, have the obviously, money for that. obviously, we don't have the money for you're it. Playing, you're imagine. playing hypothetical here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's strictly hypothetical. Or there is no way. Or you get rid of Cousins and you get a Jamar Chase, Jay Jettas reunion in Minnesota. With, what with who? Caleb Williams. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Caleb Williams. The biggest one could be like you know the Bengals thing isn't going to happen, but like if you if hypothetically if you get Jet and Jamar, just pick up Clyde. How? Uh, Edwards Hilaire at that point. You might as well. Get that get that LSU offense. All right. I've got a take since we're on with the Vikings. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, since he's coming to the end of his college career, if he balls out the rest of the year, I think that in the late rounds, the Vikings will draft the one, the only QB1 under the lights, Spencer Rattler. What? 
I think they take a chance on him. Dude, no way. They're going to pull a Kellen Mond. No way. They're going to pull what they did with Mond. Kellen Mond was awful for them. Yeah. Well, so yeah, why? but they took a chance on him. And it failed and horribly. But really Kirk's coming to the end of his career. He's he Dude, I don't care how many yards that man throws. He sucks. Yeah, uh, he's not going to be the answer in Minnesota. I think they're going to get look for a younger QB in this draft. It's not going to be Rattler, I'll tell you that. If yeah. anybody, it's going to be Williams or Penix. It has to be. Yeah. Penix would be very interesting in that offense. I will say that. Oh, yeah, true. There's Penix. Would he would he declare, though? Is he only, he's only a junior. I don't see why you wouldn't. That's true. After, after a Heisman caliber. Yeah, year, you yeah. can't take a risk. Like I'm trying to think of the last person who took a risk and it failed. For a junior, Trubisky. Was Trubisky a senior? Well, a he was still picked number two. Actually, Chicago traded up for him with San Fran. Was which, it Allen? Was uh, Josh Allen a senior? I don't think he was. I so mean, that could be, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Caleb Williams has already talked about not coming back. So, I mean, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that too to put one. out. Yeah, I would say, if, especially if Caleb doesn't declare. If you're Penix, you have to declare immediately after he announces that. Honestly. That that would be something if now the top quarterback would be the Michael Penix Jr. Bowl. Yeah. That'd be very interesting. That'd be interesting. But that's our NFL. But moving on to another special segment, fantasy football. I'm going to assume that half of us had a bad week and the other half had a pretty solid one. I have some breaking news coming out of our league, actually. So do- while, we were re- while we were recording, Dominic made some moves. Shout out Again? my roommate, Dom. Again? Shout out. Not another yep. Ben DiNucci? So he added John Johnu Smith, which is a smart. That's a smart He's add. getting more tight end one at, at Atlanta. Literally, which makes no sense. That's terrible. But he added Matt Prater and dropped DiNucci. So no more DiNucci okay. morale for okay. Dom. I like that. So very interesting. Um, I'll start with my team. Very low, probably one of the lowest scoring uh, weeks I've had, but I got the win. It was so weird because I was such expecting a loss. Like, looking at last week, it was Lamar and Henry carrying me with 28 and 24 points, respectively. Jerome Ford did nothing, obviously. Only had, like, 9.5 because of the Baltimore defense. Waddle did basically nothing with 8 points. Olave had 1.4 points. Musgrave had a concussion, so one reception for one yard. And the Patriots defense, 2 points, whatever, basic sucky. Cooper, trash. Tyler Bass, 14 points. Shout out my third leading player on my team. Um, But I got the win. Very interesting. It'll never happen again, but I needed it going uh, to 500. Um, Looking in the next week, though, I got to hope for the same thing, kind of Lamar and Derek to carry the load. And now I'm putting in Herbert in the lineup, so I got to hope he balls out on Thursday against your commanders, Gabe. Because if not, I'll be in a lot of trouble, but... I'm taking a chance on Jake Ferguson. I picked him up from our waiver wire and Tank Dell. I hate you. Oh, man. You took Fergie from me. Oh, yeah. Two great pickups that I needed that I think could give me this win. Yeah, I would not advise you to pick Hobart against Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne with that Chicago line. I don't have a choice because basically Eckler's out and he's on bye. Like almost my whole team is on bye except Michael Thomas and Gabe Davis. That's all I got. So Herbert's kind of my only back left. Go pick up, go pick up Gus Edwards off waivers. Absolutely not. But moving on, I actually want to hear from Andrew, knowing that he had was supposed to blow someone out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was looking good when uh, Aaron Jones didn't too, didn't do too much on Thursday night football, but then uh, 
the wheels fell off the wagon. My lowest scoring week and my only loss so far. Three and one. Ramondre didn't do anything. Raheem Mostert didn't do anything. TJ Hawkinson let me down. 4.4 points. Mike Evans, questionable. I don't know what happened there. Didn't watch NFL this weekend. Casey's defense. It's Sunday night football. NFL scripted it. That's all I've got to say. That's definitely why they didn't score 30 points for me. Before you go on, nice profile picture. I just now looked at it, and I about died here. So <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> That's Steelers offensive coordinator, Antonio Brown, putting it on. <laughs> oh, that was uh, funny, man. I just I, I just had to put that in there real quick. We are the, the team is not going down from here. We are still going to make the playoffs. And by me saying that, I am now guaranteed to lose every game from here on out. However... That was a bad week. Everybody has their bad week, but we're going to keep coming. Well, you know why Zach Wilson balled out against the Chiefs, right? Continue to he looked up at that press box and said, Ooh, Donna Kelsey up there, <laughs> and proceeded to <laughs> Donna torch. Donna Kelsey. Zach, uh, proceeded to torch Patty Mahomes. Oh, it, it is so fitting that Zach Wilson went to a team, uh, went to a college that's called the Cougars. Yeah, there's a lot of very interesting. Oh, um, it's so fitting. Yeah, Did you see Zach Zach Wilson's the only quarterback like ever to outplay Patrick Mahomes. It, that is yeah, the in the NFL. Yeah, in the NFL and college. Was, did you see? Was it in college? And college. Wow. Did you see, did you see how much they narrowed those stats down to make Mahomes look good? I think Chris Collinsworth made that made that stat. Oh, you know he did. That's a oh, heck of a play by Mahomes there. Oh, but some great news for you, Connor. We already know this. Woo-hoo. Uh yeah, I defeated Andrew this week. Uh, his only loss on the year. Uh, I improved to three and one, which is amazing. I'm not. I'm really happy with my team. Uh, I am still. I'm still th- debating whether I should change my team's name to the Waiver Warriors because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have at least four waiver transactions every week. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. Kyron Williams, the best waiver pickup I've had in years. This man went tw- went for 27, uh, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Who is this guy? I I, I did not. He's a rookie, isn't he? He's the running back for the Rams. What are you talking well, about? Well, I know he's the running back <laughs> for the Rams, but like, where did he come from? He's a rookie. Isn't I, he? I believe he's a yes, rookie. Notre yeah. Dame. He came from Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh. I know. I don't like him anymore now. <laughs> that, just, that just ruined it for I me. I just tanked his stock in RJ's books. Absolutely. Man, I love Quentin Nelson. Come on. For the Colts. <laughs> but it was Kaiser. Hey. I s- yeah, we don't we don't talk about that. Hey, I I swear. I need to Why does Nico Collins score th- oh, like twenty six or above every time I bench him? Cause shout out to CJ Stroud. Hey, that's dude. why. I hey, that's my starter this week. Absolutely. Herb, Herb's on by number one quarterback in the league. Herb, Herb, I could see if the Chargers win, if the Chargers make the playoffs, and Herb keeps on this pace, I could see him winning MVP this year. I, it could that, be, that's not happening. It could be his year. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that one, dude. He's balling, but I, I like the team going forward. Jefferson and AJ Brown combined for like over sixty. Uh, that, that was great. I was a little concerned when Justin Herbert went off with a little bit of an injury, and then he came back two plays later and sealed the game for them. Uh, that was great. But Harrison Bucker, thank you for the 11 points. Uh, it's very hard to find kickers that are consistent and that you can keep every week, but thank you, Harrison Bucker. Shout out. He's got the leg. But moving forward, I, I like the direction of my fantasy team. I am not going to Waffle House. 
And as I say that, like Andrew said, I'm probably going to go to Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Moment before disaster. <laughs> Replay the sound clip at the end of the year if that does end up happening. It's like, it's like that Twitter account, the uh, MLB images that precede bad news or whatever. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like it's basically freezing cold takes. Yep, basically. Yeah. I mean, you say that, but your team has also been scored the least points against, so you've got it's, a lot of luck coming for you. Yeah, it's... That's going to have to run out eventually. Uh, yeah, I guess, but... I like my chances against Ian. I'm telling you that much. Well, I'm versing Ian this week, and guess what that means? It's the bot- battle of the bottom. Cause it, it, yeah, it's the tank bowl. Me and Ian are both 1-3, but since Ian has somehow scored more points than me, I am last. <laughs> so, How? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is last. I am uh, last. At it right now. I have only had two weeks, including this one, which I lost. Well, I've had over 100 points. He's only outscored you by, like, 7 points. I know, but I've had I had back-to-back weeks of, like, 70 and 80. Okay, Gabe, if you somehow lose to a team that has Miles Sanders, Juju, Jerry Judy, and Javante Williams doesn't he starting. Have, doesn't he have Deontay Johnson and Cooper Cup on IR, too? Yes. Like, oh, my He's gosh. He's been ravaged by injuries, but... Got the Steelers defense on the bench. I mean, that's, that's always, yeah. and another kicker. What? <laughs> yeah, that's uh questionable moves, but he does have Patty Mahomes, so maybe Patty goes off for fifty and you get you get pieced. My team was abysmal last week. AR AR fifteen Anthony Richardson balled out against the Rams, and then like I don't know what you know Dan Campbell was doing with Jameer Gibbs. It's like he was picked twelfth overall, so it's like getting an X series and then playing your three sixty. Like that's what the David Montgomery thing literally is. Uh, and and you got you got the luck of the draw. You got the waiver pickup of Devonta Chain. He, he is a stud. Back, he's a stud. He is he has got. Back you should to pick back. up this guy instead. Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, uh, baby. I have I have two great quarterbacks. Nah, he, he's got he's got AR. He'll be fine. And Sam Howell minus the Bills. Game. Okay, let's not talk about <laughs> Sam Howell. Yeah. AR. Uh, watch, watch Dobbs go off more than Richardson. You know how funny that would be. I'd lose my stuff. Like <laughs> I I I'd lose it. I was I was debating about picking him up over Stroud. Really. But, yeah, I mean wow. that—that's a genuine concern because that Bengals defense, coming from a Bengals fan, eh, yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I also have Rashad White who disappeared. I have a uh, Tyler Lockett. Don't want to talk about it. It was up to him to win me. He had to score twelve points and he scored under ten, just under ten. I couldn't believe it. Okay, this ju- this just in. JT Real Mutual just homered. Go Phils. Let's go. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I, two I was two I, for two. I was waiting for two it. Two for two. The game was going. The game's going on now, and I, I was waiting for him to say. I'm, something I'm like sorry. That. I had to plug in the baseball. JT Real Mutual. I love you. I I also noticed this guy on Gabe's bench. I saw R dot Rice, and it is not Ray Rice. It is in fact. It's not me either. I'm not on the roster. You're not on the roster, RJ. That's disappointing. Well, I had to pick him up because it said Dawson was questionable. And the moment I picked him up, I kid you not, the, the I refreshed my page and the question mark went away. Like the cue oh went away God. the moment I f- refreshed my page. That's so funny. And then I have Travis Kelsey and Mike Andrews. I have A-Chain, of course. Saints defense later was terrible against Baker Mayfield, of all people. Ku uh, got me one whole point. Wow. Shout out your MVP. He's, I know how much you love him, man. He he's putting in the work. I I respect the grind of one point. But one name I like to mention, who's let me down except for well, one game. Before you say that though, shout out to our new man Andrew here. The one point, one percent better, man. It goes with your motto. One <laughs> <That's> percent <laughs> <terrible>. better. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to shout out to T Higgins. 
eight targets, zero catches week one. <laughs> Went off week two. No did nothing week three. And then has as many catches as fractured ribs week four. Oh, my God. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Wow. I don't know if I'm going to take that kind of disrespect, Gabe. <laughs> oh, I think you just did. Well, I can't, it's not. It's not like I can do anything. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, reach fair, across fair the table, enough. Connor. Come across the table. Okay, all right. Let's <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. But <laughs> square up. Pay per view fight next podcast. I'm. No, I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm facing Ian. If I was to Ian, just just sign me up for Waffle House at that point. Like uh, if, honestly, yeah. If you take the L here, you don't really have hey, a choice. I mean, I feel like I feel like we haven't talked about this yet. Waffle House put out a tweet that said, Country Roads, take me home. Oh, my God. Are we getting a Motown Waffle House? We have to. There's no way you just put that out and casually don't, don't it, place a Waffle House it's in one of, It's one of the best college towns in the nation. Absolutely. If not the. It needs a Waffle House. It Please. It is the best. It is the. It is the. That would do it for us on this episode of Stirring the Pot. A lot is going on, but we're happy you, all of you have tuned in. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next week. Peace out. Peace out.